Oops, one second. Let me just put on my story hat. Once upon a time, in a land far away, lived a little girl. She wanted to be a doctor. Winds blew, they huffed and they puffed. Well, she couldn't become a doctor, but she became a teacher. And she helped so many of her children through the journey, dream and live that dream as a doctor, as an engineer, as a musician, as a sportsperson, as a singer. That girl from that story welcomes you to Desk Doodles. I'm Sapna Malhotra, that little girl from the story. And today on the show, we have an amazing person. She loves to write stories. She loves to tell stories. She's been an educator for 29 years. She's the coordinator of the kindergarten department in Kormangla National Public School, Bangalore. Please welcome Minati Kapoor. Welcome to Desk Minati. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Same here. So happy to have you here. You're doing amazing work. Oh, please. I have amazing yeah. guests who are going to tell their stories. And that's what makes, uh, I think, the podcast so uh, interesting, right? So like I was telling my viewers, I think I best leave it to you to tell us the story of Minati Kapoor as an educator, uh, how it started and where you are. In school, college, I always wanted to be, dad was in the education line in the services. So uh, somehow it was that, you know, family tradition ki teacher bannai hai, but I wanted to do something different. So I racked my brains and the only thing I could come up with was to be a dietitian for some reason. Wow. Um, and my mom and dad were a little apprehensive. Those days, dietitians were like, it was an opening only in bigger, you know, cities and things like that. Right. So they said, okay, you can do what you want, do a beard first and then we'll see. <laughs> so it started that way. And uh, I think right after my beard, I got married. So there was no question of trying out something else. But in the circumstances, I think it was the best decision they made for me. <laughs> like, you know, right. so it just so happened. So after that, got married, had my kids. So the day I think my younger daughter went into school is when I picked up my first job. Wow. So <laughs> been working since then, different schools, being in the services, we've traveled all over. Right. So different schools, different environments. But had a lot of fun. Yes. The present uh, job of mine, I would say, is has been the longest. 17 years is a pretty wow. long stretch. Amazing. Where, uh, you know, we've been changing every three years, two years, right. being, you know, in the Air Force. But uh, 17 years has really been long, so it feels like home now. <laughs> and I think you've had... Uh, you started by teaching, uh, you know, all uh, the entire spectrum in school, right? Till 11th grade, you've taught. Yeah, it was a stint where I did uh, do 4th, 5th, 6th. Then I went on to doing 9th, 11th. Wow. It's wow. a different uh, feel altogether. Absolutely. But somehow the 
you know that unadulterated love that you get from the kindergartners is oh. something too special it's I just too sweet because it's totally totally unconditional and they just come and they hug you and that kind of a feeling i think as you grow older you need to get that into your system you know i think uh, for me also like when we work together so the moment you used to walk into the class and the children come laughing you know laughing and running to you mam i love you and then i think it dissolves whatever uh, baggage or whatever you had very true absolutely so so when minati kapoor looks back into her school days what is the fondest memory that comes up minati for you as a kid in school memory and me are very wrong uh, you know <laughs> an association because my memory is uh, my memory is really pathetic uh, very few snatches of certain you know scenes that flash across yeah fun i remember being a quiet child not very talkative but never in the forefront of things also <laughs> it was like you know one of the things. and now you're doing i think you've been doing such amazing stuff at school and you've been right in the forefront of a lot of things so we'll come to all that of course so uh, let let me get you to the uh, you know the big question in the room today that we, you know we're going to talk about is uh, i i want to put it to you that do you think that storytelling is a lost art in schools lost art which people are trying to revive but not getting the time <laughs> you know uh, we do keep having workshops and trainings to tell stories which should be something that comes naturally if you are a parent if you are a teacher i think that's one of the smallest the most basic art you need to have you know to tell stories especially for the smaller children actually stories are universal you can tell them at any age and they go like i know even at this time at this age my both one of my daughters is married my niece is married but if four of them are together i can still tell them stories and you know feed them off a plate without counting the chapatis that they are going to eat <laughs> <laughs> so it just flows yeah. you know so that kind and the same thing is happening with my grandson now so I stories know. are definitely part of our life but yes in school i would say it's given the second priority like you know you need to finish your work then if you have a free period you can tell them a story yeah. that's something that's very disheartening because i feel stories is just you have to just let it into the world and it just takes on like it's the what do you say the blueprint for imagination actually absolutely <laughs> and so, i think uh, what like if you see like in kindergarten i think we breathe stories we live stories every single minute that we are with the children any lesson that is taught to them is you know basically the stories right very true and as the children move up into the primary years the middle and the uh, you know the higher years the the high school by then i think I, it's totally vanished uh, it's totally vanished it's totally vanished because i know for some years in between uh, you know when kindergarten would get over at 12 o'clock we would be given duties to go and just interact with grade 1 grade 2 and our favorite thing used to be telling stories and that would happen once a week or so but the children looked forward to that one period you know so much because i remember always combining my story with an after story you know say anything fun to do with the story 
Yeah. And it would be like I would enter the class on a weekly basis and they would come up with, ma'am, I've done my homework for the story. <laughs> they used to be so excited about it, whether it was a drawing, a part of the story or, you know, just enacting on something. But they would really have a blast. Yes. So I feel it is important to have storytelling in the... It should be part of the curriculum. And we kept aside for storytelling. Yeah, because I think all of us, uh, basically, we are all born storytellers, right? It's something like a gene which is embedded in uh, our DNA. And be it right in the morning that we wake up and suppose we don't want to go to work or we want to make our kid eat a healthy breakfast or we're describing a dress to a friend. We all weave stories, right? But I think uh, the only thing that sometimes as teachers, we forget that we can feed our children those lessons that we want to through stories and stories yeah yeah where recently only i read if history was taught through stories yeah i don't think anyone would forget it <laughs> so i was in right. fact going to ask you a question uh, later on that do you remember when russian revolution happened right but none of us probably none of us know that. And, uh, if i say do you you know you know that you know slow and steady wins the race right but how do you know that slow and steady wins the race because it's been ingrained in our minds because of that one story that we heard like as a kid right so very true, uh, very true. yeah so i think these uh, uh, we were just probably you know wired for stories and uh, i guess and actually stories are so powerful and they give you an insight into the children. Like if you really sit down and tell them, like uh, it was, I think, a year or so back, I was sitting in class and I just walked into a class and just, I had the choice right now to do, you know, whatever bit of the work I wanted in this class. My favorite, of course, would be to tell stories. <laughs> this is an incident I remember very fondly because there was this story that had, uh, that I had really appealed to me, you know, uh, so it was about the Parijata tree mm. in, the, in a garden. Right. And uh, very excitedly, once I read that book, I said, I must go to class and tell them the story. And I sat down and purposely I would give it a break, you know, to just see where the children's interest was. And I remember that day asking them, do you want to go out to play or do you want to continue listening to the story? And the entire class said, ma'am, we would rather listen to the story. And playing, believe me, was a real <laughs> bonus for them. And uh, they heard the story. Right. And everyone was really excited about it. And they said, ma'am, we loved it. There was just one kid, I remember, who had made a small face. This was about uh, the king wanting to cut down a tree. Oh, you know? And yeah. how the animals and the friends camouflage it to uh, protect the tree and right. not let it Right. So he was uh, very upset. I called him separately and I said, what happened, David? You didn't like the story. No, ma'am, I didn't like it. It was like a, you know, shock for me. Yeah. How come there's one child who's not like the story I've right. yeah. narrated? He, I said, what didn't you like? In this? He says, why should the king want to cut down a tree? You know, it, that, he was very sad about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a totally different view for me even at that age to see another aspect of uh, things so each child perceives a story so differently and the emotions the creativity just comes out through that and also because see uh, i feel and like when you tell a story the stories are all correct 
right? There is no such thing as a wrong story. Wrong story. It gives you that freedom of thought. It gives you that freedom of expression. And I think it encourages children to come out and say, like in your case also, the reason that the child could just come out and say was because we were talking about a story and you sent him with, I mean, it was such a big right. message. I mean, that, you know, yeah. as a kid or as one anybody yeah. I mean, to learn from right true, true. <laughs> yeah i think i i truly believe that you know uh, stories go a long way in uh, you know teaching whatever the lesson may be so i Very coming from there i feel like now the the way you know things are right now the present times where we are in this pandemic the vortex of it uh, what what do you think is the toughest challenge that you know teachers are facing in this present time? Um, we've had a lot of learning to do over the summer break. Absolutely. There's been a lot of learning yeah. because everything is so new. Like I say, we are never too old to learn. That's always been one of my, my mantras. Like, you know, so this pandemic has really proved that for us because right from day one, when supposedly our holidays started, <laughs> Because none of us have had a summer break this year. We've been doing things, you know, so to come to terms with the fact that we would need to teach children online. Right. A much, uh, not so much like we would not want because we've been only advocating the fact that children should not be in front of a gadget. Right. You know, so tell the parents all the time, minimize the time, minimize the time. And here we are pushing them into looking at us and talking. Uh, but I remember one class we've had, an online class, that was the day the government put the ban till grade 5. Right. And we just had that one class and we just had it for half an hour. And the children were so excited to meet the teachers and we just sang songs, we told them a story and that was it. Like, you know, yeah. that connection has been made with the children. Right. Then from next week onwards, we had to meet the parents because we couldn't meet the children. We had to meet the parents and then we worked out a system where we talk to the parents, tell them the week's work. Right. And we get down to uh, the children get down and keep uploading this stuff. Right. Right. But one thing that I've told the teachers that has to be part of that one week is a story, okay. which I think uh, they're all using so beautifully because it's just an audio. So the children can be in the room without looking at the screen hear the story without the gimmicks of it moving and you know straining right. their eyes and all that they listen to it and you should hear the feedback we are getting because they we've asked them to record them telling the story in their words or asking them a few questions and answering it it's amazing what the children are doing wow. out of all their work the story is the one that's coming up so beautifully uh, so it it is great uh, but yeah it has its challenges Yes. We need to, you know, devise a method like um, I know we've uploaded a few books where the store, even the video is there, but it's just turning the pages. It's actually being read out from right. a book. Right, right. So it is amazing because the children can start reading. That's for KG2 level. Right. They've started reading those simple sentences while turning. So it's like actually reading a book for them. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if you talk of challenges is time crunch. Because the parents really are telling us, ma'am, you have, it's different for you in school because you have a controlled atmosphere. For us to make a child sit down and, you know, listen to a story is a challenge. So I guess we have to just find 
yeah that that's again something that is for the i think uh, even as parents to learn and revive that art of storytelling again because storytelling. so basically i think what comes out from what you just told also was that stories helped you reach your children again i mean it built that uh, you know the connection between the connection after so many months now, very true now for the first 5 minutes whenever we have a meeting with the parents it's dedicated to the children so uh-huh. there's an interaction between the teacher and the children it's really cute to see that it's a story in itself believe me uh-huh. <laughs> just so, so from there minati suppose i mean there was like if i say before the pandemic time of education right there was absolutely only in classroom and we had fun and you know all the activities that you did and then we are in this you know in pandemic uh, a totally different design of education how do you foresee the you know after the pandemic uh, education design do you think there's going to be any keep change my fingers crossed frankly keeping my fingers crossed for having things come back to normal i know it's not going to happen too soon right but actually you miss the class you miss the children you miss the class you miss interacting with them like you know the whole that day the way it used to pass without us realizing it it would be 12 o'clock yeah. because you are having so much of fun you know with the children and it is it's amazing but uh, how do i feel it's going to be it's going to be very challenging actually to have them come back from the online whatever bit we are doing Yeah. to be in an actual classroom and that also not being sure whether we can have an entire class together yeah is it going to be in groups are they i mean the thought of these tiny kids wearing masks and coming to school is something that it's really difficult so <laughs> it's Absolutely. not going to but okay if we jump into something even beyond that i'm saying suppose we jump into absolute normal times once we go back into you know so going forward do you see that there is going to be any uh, change into our uh, you know teaching uh, methods are we going to incorporate anything I else <laughs> i just hope there is yes because uh, we need to have a lot more fun that we are having yeah. it's becoming a little heavy for the children right i feel that we need to cut down somewhere to just have a lot more fun yes right definitely hope that happens absolutely and i think that's what is so so in a way we kind of uh, went through the you know evolution of us you know as if we look into the evolution of human beings from where we started and the knowledge was only imparted through you know sitting around fires and talking about experiences and then the education system totally changed into just you know the industrial age and only chiseling the left side of our brain and uh, and now you know the times have come where we are still debating whether you know is there a valid debate for left versus right is is what what are your views on that i mean do you really uh, you know i don't know if i'm the right person to ask that because i'm in a job where i have to believe <laughs> the other way <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i have a sister who's done extensive study on this mm-hmm. you know and uh, i know for a fact that things are left and right brains do work differently and there is a right age to develop them mm-hmm. All, having said that uh, the generations have changed the children have changed every batch has evolved so much from the last the previous batch that we had that 
if you give them the right kind of an environment, I think they're capable of a lot more. Absolutely. You yeah. know, they like we've tried everything with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've done it. Yeah. And they to like, well, I would say 90% of the class has reached that, what we had expected them to. There always will be some children who will not reach up to the mark, but we've also come to terms with that. We've grown. We have realized that each and every child need not get a 10 on 10 at every dictation. That's perfectly fine. Yes. As long as the child is able to tell us a story in his own words, say, or sing a song or do a drawing that is using his imagination, I think that's more than enough. If his story finishes in two lines instead of the said eight lines that we require, I don't think that's a, that there's anything wrong. That's so exactly. The have, exactly. So those teachers have come to terms with that. A little hard uh, having been pushed to come to terms with that because right. for us, we expect perfection for everything. Once <laughs> the children are with us, we want yeah. their writing not to move out of that blue line or you know not to touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are so particular about these things, to just let it go a little bit, yeah, I would say that we have also evolved, but the children are capable of a lot more these days. Why? Well, that's coming to that itself. I feel that uh, that's why the lessons that we design as teachers or the techniques that we use as teachers in our classrooms uh, are the ones that are going to tap into whether the right side of the brain or the re- left side of the brain. So the lessons I feel because uh, the more you use uh, you know, storytelling and gamification and those kind of techniques, that is where that, you know, the child himself or herself will be able to tap into the right side of her brain and come up with, uh, you know, uh, upgrade their own uh, right side of the brain, right? So I agree totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel that is, that's very, very important. Yeah. And also, I think not only just, uh, uh, you know, using telling stories or anything, I think it also helps, like we always talk about, you know, upgrading children uh, in their knowledge and their skills and that person has this IQ and all. And now when we see in times of pandemic, uh, you know, this pandemic, especially when the troubled times, people who might have the, you know, the highest of IQ, uh, but if they have a very low emotional quotient are not able to handle it so well as much as the, right. So, so as educators, what do you think is our responsibility as teachers? How can we help our children to, you know, become uh, better uh, at handling, you know, the adverse circumstances or, uh, you know, uh, we need to just find that right balance, I feel, you know, where we don't stress too much on a particular, say, they need to know this definitely by this month. We right. can let it go a little bit. Actually, there's, actually, in a way, you wouldn't believe it, but this pandemic has helped us yeah. because now we are designing our, uh, the work that the, we are giving the children according to the pace of the child, which never happened in kindergarten, you know, because we expected all 30 children to be at par and reach a certain level by July they should know this much like we were very clear in our minds you know uh, based on the curriculum that they know whether we go about whatever way we use to reach them up now uh, having spoken to parents one-on-one asking them the child in these four months has done or where we've reached with them we are designing things that are very specific to that child 
which I feel is a big step because without having any kind of a comparison, because again, when you're in, in a class of 30, you can't single out five, child to, five children to do something and another five to do something else. You know, it, yeah. the children themselves have started realizing it. Yeah. So that uh, has helped us because uh, again, after a point, we do need to make sure that all of them are at the same level. Yes. Of course, some will do much better. Absolutely. Some would read stories and some would still be reading sentences, but that's fine. That's as long as they've got onto the thing of, you know, getting connected and reading and writing the basic. Right. So that way I feel it has helped us in a way. That's the positive of the pandemic and the online classes. Because yeah. we've been able to design things in such a way that each child is moving at his pace. Yeah, it's not like that factory setting that, okay... Uh, you know you feed and that much is out so you are going in a you know more uh, personal uh, and a more personalized method so any any uh, uh, going back to your uh, you know the normal that you remembered just now it's so much of fondness so uh, uh, why don't you share something one uh, little thing that you know when you used uh, stories or something and uh, to teach something and it just wowed your children. Can you remember something like that when, uh, you know? Uh, I remember something and I think you were part of that because we put both uh, <laughs> classes, both the sections together for oh. anything fun and anything out of the class that we would do. Yeah. And I remember walking all over because we wanted to tell them a story. And just walking all over the class and we ended up in the book room or something, you know, right. in the out, on the outside and the children sat on the floor and we were sitting on broken chairs because that was just <laughs> kind of a storeroom. And we just took off telling stories. I think it was the three little things, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> could be, it was so interesting because that somehow ate so firmly in my mind because that story just took on a new meaning after that. You know? <laughs> stop you would take it on forward and we made up our own rhymes and our own songs <laughs> by the end of the children the children were looking at us a little perplexed what's wrong with our teacher <laughs> but it was amazing we had so much of fun telling the story I don't I refuse to believe that the children didn't have fun <laughs> no, but that's what I don't know that's, I think that's one thing that I definitely feel Manati that kindergarten is one thing that teachers I think as a teacher every teacher needs to go through it it's like a it, it should be a part of the training program for I mean that's my personal belief I I, I mean not like uh, you know it has to be mm. but because it uh, makes each and every teacher you know shed her inhibitions and become a kid because so un true. unless you become a kid you just uh, I mean that's the best way of you teaching can't you yeah. just can't connect to the children unless you really become a child yeah. So it's become very difficult at my age to do that because I no longer can squat down on the floor with them the more, you know, the way I used to. Uh, it has changed. Age does has have its disadvantages. No, but but uh, yes, I know that the connect with children, if I walk into a class, even now is there. Absolutely. Because you need to come down, you know, to their level to talk to them as a child. Though the kids more and more have started talking like adults, oh, so yeah. you can have a lot of you know meaningful conversation also with a five-year-old. It's not always you gucci goo and all that, but it's a meaningful talk that you have. 
that's but also yes. a big uh, you know reflection from the society because if the children are uh, you know um, uh, most of the time in adult uh, you know company, company then um, you know definitely that kind of uh, you know uh, makes the children also talk in that particular tone and they they're in that aping age they want to ape anybody and uh, you know <laughs> that that's definitely yeah. there yeah so also i feel like like just now when we were uh, reflecting upon so many things so i uh, i wanted to ask you does do you you know how do you feel as uh, an important part of teaching is reflection reflecting upon things as even for your kindergartners to teach something uh, you know um like the impressions because when like with kindergartners we always have a lot of behavioral issues also when they come into school and when they join true so i feel yeah reflection we've learned it over the years we again like i said we after reaching the position i am in we've had a lot of training and reflection has been almost you know something that's been ingrained into us now so we can't think of anything without having now we have an event we have to have a reflection on that. <laughs> like it's never happened earlier right but definitely now everything in fact uh, we've uh, had class demos where we wanted the children to reflect yeah. that's been a new over the years because that was didn't happen earlier but we've uh, taken a class with the children say last year we introduced something like thematic learning in uh, kg Mm-hmm. and at the end of every lesson the children had to mark what did they like what did they did not like did they understand everything wow. just with a smiley or something that was very simply done yeah. but we had to do that and the children actually surprised us yeah because we didn't think they would be capable of understanding what that maybe they still don't but it came very naturally to them when we asked them what did you like for example even our annual event we had last to last year was uh, the magical melodies the uh, music uh, songs and after that we asked the children which song did you like the best which song from the other classes did you like the best you know which you would like to have sung? and we were surprised at the answers they came up with it was really amazing so yeah reflection has to be there for yourself to understand how well you've done or what needs to be done more and uh, i think it's it's there to stay <laughs> absolutely no i think that what you just now said and i think what you were surprised at the children themselves you know uh, reflecting upon and uh, trying to assess what really happened during that class i think uh, it speaks volumes about uh, you know reflection and i think even for kindergartners uh, whenever you know you had a uh, a behavioral issue with them reflection i think always uh, really always. works very well rather than you know any other consequences or anything else uh, you know because you give them time to just think just tell think back and tell me what you've done like yeah. you know yeah. you are being called out why you know that kind even that no, is a, think, yeah connecting it to stories which were uh, relevant to you know that particular uh, teaching whatever you wanted to teach them and picking up a story and telling them and i think not only uh, the kindergartners as you move up also i think stories to teach science and teach stories math this reminds me of uh, a quote by my favorite dr seuss 
Yeah. Never too old, never too wacky, never too wild to pick up a book and read to a child. Because I really find that amazing. Absolutely. Actually, there's no age limit to telling stories or hearing stories. And that's the reason, I think, Minty, the reason that, uh, you know, people go to watch movies people go, people Netflix so much, watch series is because we are wired in a particular way, not only to tell stories, I think because to hear stories and that remains in our mind, it, uh, in some way I feel that, you know, those stories become like an experience, you kind of live it and in a very small way, it's like an experiential learning, whichever, you know, which is like always to Not a small way, Sapna, it's a huge way. Yeah, it's a huge way of experiential learning because if you use stories to retell certain things, you know, some concept, I don't think the children are ever going to forget it. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's amazing. And also, I think it takes the fear out of that subject. Like if for some children, every child is not wired, uh, you know, we uh, they have that fear of science, they have the fear of math, you know, not, and some have the fear of languages. So I think when you use stories, I think it just takes the fear out of that, out of that subject out, you know, that, that name tag of it, uh, the fear, it's gone, right? And also, uh, you know, children, if they're encouraged, that fear of, uh, judgment is not there because they know that stories is just a story, you know. I, it's just a story. Yeah. But they don't understand the, the, the it's so many values that you're putting into them just by telling them a story. Right, so absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, this reminds me of an incident. I was uh, at uh, Greenwood High. I was teaching science there and uh, in second grade. And I started a story and I just went on and told them. And then after that, this. The, the whole story was to teach them respiratory system and they had no clue and I brought in props and I taught them and it was after that I just told them that this is what it is and I don't think they you know they, they even realized that there was such a strong topic that was being taught to them and uh, which otherwise would have been a little drab yeah because I remember finding respiratory the digestive system I remember finding it very <laughs> interesting the respiratory system always had me like, okay, that and the circulatory, the number of veins and all that. <laughs> but if you tell it through a story, yeah, it's amazing. It's really, truly amazing. That's and why how you can connect so many concepts. I think that's what for our educators who are listening also, because in a story, you might have one lesson that you're teaching, but you can connect so many. So I, myself, yeah. I was amazed that you know, when I taught them respiratory system, I connected it, how I connected it to pollution and how I connected it to, you know, go green and plant trees and afforestation. And I mean, I just kept joining the links and I was amazed myself, you know, in one uh, story, I mean, I would have covered so many uh, difficult topics that, uh, you know, as an educator, I would be wise how to start really. So I wish that that is a gene that actually all teachers need. <laughs> I think it is there. It's just that moment and grab that moment to, you know, tell you something. Yeah. But like I was saying, Minty, I think we all have it. It's just that we don't use it as a tool. I don't think it's a thing that uh, we really need to, you know, because all of us do it. We all, you know, we all talk about recipes and we all talk to our moms and our kids and we are explaining things and that's all there is to a story, right? So, very true. yeah. So anyway, the, before we, uh, you know, uh, uh, wrap our uh, session, 
uh, I want you to doodle something from your memory. Do you have a pen and paper? I do. Yeah. So anything that you as a kid doodled or you drew or you want to draw now, whatever uh, you're not happy to uh, just pen it down because I'm going to put it. I don't know if you remember, but the back pages of all my notebooks had one thing. Yes. That was eyes. <laughs> and I have in hand automatically I'm doing only eyes and let's go for that let's go for that doodle that and uh, click a picture and send it to me mail it to me surely yes I'll give you time to doodle it <clears throat> but it does bring uh, you know the happy moment from that time to the present. Yes, yes, definitely. For the time being. Okay, yes, no worries. I mean, that's what art is art. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, it's exactly <laughs> like when you need to tell a story, you need to do all that also, right? Yes. <laughs> So if, if Vinati, if I suppose we, I just do this little cool down before uh, I let you go. So I, I throw a word at you and you throw a word back at me. Okay. Right. No. Just simple, nothing fancy. Okay. So I say lunchbox. Snacks. Okay. Mummy. <laughs> ah, yes. I say math teacher. Strict. <laughs> okay, I say art class. Doodling. Fun. <laughs> ah, nice. Good one. Wonderful. So before I wrap up, I just want to say that I feel, um, I think what main was, uh, you know, uh, what I like to tell my viewers is, on a beautiful Sunday evening, I met an amazing person, Miniti Kapoor. And she oh. talked and we talked. And I felt as if she was telling me stories because that's what stories do. They make you their own, right? You become a part of that journey. And that's what as teachers, we need to do day in and day out. We need to make our children dream. We need to walk with them to live that dream because we need to make it an experience they will never forget. And that's what education needs to be. So thank you, Mirati, for being here. Thank you. thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Until next Bye. time. Thank you.